0: Joining us for further analysis on what's playing itself out on that market scene is Nick Kunze from Sunland Private Wealth. Nick, thank you for your time and a good afternoon to
1: you. Yeah, good
0: afternoon. Thank you for chatting to us today, Nick. Uh, maybe we can look at the week in review. It's been quite the week. Uh, I think what's really dominated markets there is uh, those big seven earnings coming out of U.S. tech, but also then together with the U.S. GDP print. I'm keen to get your thoughts here. What do we make of this picture? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean, nice to take our mind off the uh, the tragedies that are happening in the mm-hmm. Middle East and the geopolitics were changed. You know, we can now concentrate on on the numbers and look at U.S. earnings, which, as you pointed out, you know, kicked off exactly a week ago last week Friday with uh, with the big earnings from from the banks and and also the big tech starting to filter through. So that has certainly set the tone. I mean, the the big drop we saw yesterday and last night on Wall Street that was driven by uh, the missing earnings that we saw out of Google uh, or Alphabet, the holding company. Uh, And then we've also just just in general, earnings have been uh, on big tech have come in quite light besides Microsoft. But last night, a little bit of good news. After our close, Amazon came out with those earnings. Which were better than expected. So a little bit of a, a bit on our screen this morning to end off the week. The quite solid Nasdaq up almost a, a percent this morning. And then of course, as you pointed out, uh, GDP numbers massive beat. You know, uh, uh, almost upper fours, almost five percent GDP growth is a big number annualised. Although it must be, it must be said, you know, the next the next quarter estimates are about 0.8. So it is a bit of a once off, um, and we, we are going to sort of come down a little bit down to earth. Which is maybe why. Uh, Why those bond yields came in a little bit off the back of it uh, last night. So I mean, that's that's kind of a kind of the summary. But nice to be on the show when the screens are green for a change.
0: Absolutely. And Nika, what's also interesting there is conversations around NASDAQ correction. I'm keen to find out first what we're seeing here. We are seeing a bit of a lightning uh, from that composite. And uh, some of the analysts uh, whose notes I've read have said it's actually the NASDAQ coming back to reality on the back of Mm. uh, these uh, uh, tech earnings. I'm keen to get your thoughts on that one as well.
1: So I would agree with that. Uh, you know the Nasdaq up 35 odd percent year to date, and and of course very narrow, uh, sort of driven by as you know these magnificent seven as they call them. Uh, the rest of the the Nasdaq has has been pretty much flat to slightly higher. So yeah, probably a, probably a bit of a, a long overdue uh, pullback that we've seen. Um, also trading historically on PEs anywhere between the 18s, 19s and 20s, uh, in general in the US when the rest of the world and here in South Africa, we're trading on, you know, sevens and eight PEs. So definitely coming down to earth a little bit. Um, but saying that, I mean, even with this sort of drawdown in, in some of these shares and the actual NASDAQ composite itself. Uh, it's still up you know, over 20% yeah today, so it's still a decent uh, set of returns if you were in these shares since January. But overall, there yeah, are a little bit, of, little bit of air coming out of, of what was a, a very overvalued sector.
0: We've also seen the ECB uh, holding rates. They're keen to get your thoughts on that and the prospects of this region. It hasn't been an easy period, I think an easy 2023 20, uh, for that European Union.
1: Well, so ECB yesterday, as you said, Madame McGuire and her team and the board keeping keeping those rates on hold. Uh, that was was expected. Uh, the eurozone itself has been a, has generally been a sort of the the weak uh, economy out of out of global economies this year. I mean, nothing compared to what we're seeing out of the states. And in fact, I'd argue that some of the PMI numbers the last week or two certainly out of Germany out of France, out of Spain, or actually, you know, pretty much, I would say, in recession. They're definitely in contraction. Mm-hmm. You know, 45, 46 PMIs is, is not a good story. So I don't think they had a, cho- they had a choice, the ECB. They had to keep it on hold. Although saying that it was, a, it was kind of a mixed view. I mean, I watched the press conference yesterday. You know, it was uh, – they weren't very sort of convincing. They kept on referring to, you know, fighting inflation keeping inflation intact, going to keep rates where they are for the time being, which I thought was quite hawkish given the uh, European – Uh, Market, which is which I I would argue is actually intercession already.
0: I'm keen to bring it back home now. Uh, Renogen today came out with a trading update, Nick, and their warning of uh, you know quite I would say steep falling in uh, a. Earnings I'm um, keen to get your thoughts here. There's been some issues uh, with regards to, uh, you know, questioning of Renogen as a whole of the operation mm-hmm. um, and even the credibility of the information that <clears throat> investors might be getting about the technicalities there happening at their plants. Uh, what are we then making of Renogen at this point? Because it is or well, it has been a JSC darling.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I mean, just for disclosure first. We don't hold it as a house. So these views are sort of uh, my views. I do have some clients that, that own it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, I think it's more of a classic case of, of, you know, the, the, the sort of Africa commodity story. You know, it's a, it's absolute blessing. It is the largest, you know, on-site deposit of helium ever discovered. It's a great story. But the other part of that story is how do you get it out of the ground and how do you get it to the market? Um, and I think somewhere along the lines, investors got a little bit, uh, Blinded by the good story and the reality is it's going to be very expensive and and I think the business to be fair um, Have highlighted the fact that is you know two parts of the story stage one uh, Getting the helium out which we're doing at the moment and stage two Which is getting it uh, you know is, is ramping up their production site that is going to be very expensive and they're probably gonna to Have to come to the market and they've hinted that the nasdaq is where they would prefer to to have some sort of a listing and to Raise some more capital, so I think also a little bit of reality coming in that uh, you know, it is expensive Uh, It's going to cost a lot to get this production out the ground. And I think it's a little bit of, unfortunately, a little bit of reality coming in. And, uh, you know, shareholders have had a a wild ride the last couple of months anyway.
0: We also saw uh, yesterday our PPI print coming in. Uh, That made sense, right? We've seen the RAND very volatile, still is. And we've seen uh, that... uh Oil price pressures coming in, uh, you know. So in my mind, the PPI uh, being a little bit higher makes complete sense. Uh, what I am asking, though, is: Are we expecting this to feed into CPI, um, and that what that might mean for South Africa's interest rate story?
1: Yeah, well, I was just I was listening to your intro earlier, fair, when you're referring to some people looking for a quarter percent rise. I don't. I don't. I. I'm not in that camp. I think these, uh, I think, you know, these, these are, this is as high as it's going for now. You know, South Africa doesn't fortunately import all of our inflation and the oil, you know, goes back up to $100. Then yes, we've got a few problems, but at the moment it's, it's still under $90 a barrel. And, and last time the, the MPC, Mr. Kuniag and his team were presenting, you know, the Rand was, was over 19. You know, it's back under 19 at the moment or thereabouts. So, I think I think it's at the moment global markets uh, events that are outside of our, our Reserve Bank's control uh, are s- sort of you know playing around okay right now uh, does it feed into CPI later yeah maybe it might do but I do think that uh, global factors are certainly subsiding a little bit and I think they're gonna want to wait and see and we saw the ECB yesterday the Fed aren't gonna raise rates either I doubt very much uh, and we tend to follow what what uh, the G7 do and they're not raising rates at the moment so I think I you know i'm confident that they will they will sort of hold rates for
0: now crossing fingers for sure nick i'm keen to get at uh, your stock pick in it jeffy but first uh, let's reflect on counters that have found favor with your industry peers
1: i'm going with epsa i think all you know all of the south african banks have been quite weak but if you look at it overall their provisions are at very adequate levels they've got um strong balance sheet um the advances growth are not growing at double digits but they're still growing at high single digits overall from a corporate perspective, you know, corporates are still very cash flush, and they are starting to spend incrementally, which will help um, the advances book to grow. And then, if you look at it from an overall perspective, in terms of the non-interest revenue side, that's still doing quite well. So, I think both from an interest perspective, a non-interest revenue perspective, the banks should be able to generate decent earnings in this very tough uh, economic environment.
2: I'm going to go with one i've never ever called before which is mondi and and um i mean we know that that in fact we just got q3 the other day and and the 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 earnings are basically halved we know this is a difficult year um you know prices are 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 battling and and costs are going up but you know you've got a a business that um i think is very much positioned for let's call it the the new economy obviously you know Good old boring packaging business, but I think they've got a a foot in 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 the you know in this new e-commerce world. Uh, It's got a good balance sheet. Um, The reason I've never called it, I've I've liked it, but I've liked it from afar. It's always just felt out of range. Now under 300 rand, you know you need to understand this financial year, the earnings are going to contract by circa 60%. Some good reasons, some bad reasons. They're out of Russia now. That was obviously a good asset for them. But I would say, you know, this is a really good global business with a really strong balance sheet. Um, I think demand and pricing will come back for them. Um, but, yeah, um, I would argue at this low price, there's probably uh, quite a lot of upside in uh, what is a really well-run and well-positioned business.
3: MGN Group, so… Um... No, so this is one that you should get your timing on right. But longer term, you know, they're growing subscribers. They're growing use, um with regards to the fintech business. MasterCard is uh, – they're doing a deal with MasterCard. They're doing a deal with – I think it's with Salam. Um, so it's a fintech company. It's becoming a fintech company. They've just um, – there's a bit of a price war locally. And Vodacom has just been slapped over the wrists about, you know, um, cancellation fees or something of the like. So I think there's a lot of negatives. One is Iran. If they've got a business in Iran still, I believe. And then there's the Nigerian, um, uh, you know, exchange, uh, FX uh, um, chaos at the moment. So a lot of negatives. Um, perfect time to buy something that's growing long-term, that decreased decreased the dollar debt a lot, and MasterCard will do the rest of it. You know, the mas- MasterCard deal, uh, buying the fintech business, uh, or, or part of the fintech business, rather. And then it's sitting now at the EV, EBITDA of, of about three, looking forward. I think this, this is this is very cheap for a growing asset, obviously frontier market risk, whatever. Um, but if you can put this one in the bottom drawer, I'm sure you'll come out ahead five five years from now. Uh ahead by a lot. Olick,
0: well, keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters. We have APSA, Mondi and MTN.
1: I mean, I think, I think they're all quite decent picks. I mean, let's start with, with Mondi. Um, you know, Mondi, I tend to agree it's a very good business and it, and it is a, a, certainly a barometer of, of, uh, you know, the, the new economy. I mean, most of us who, I think every single person yourself included has probably ordered something from Take-A-Lot, and the odds are that Take-A-Lot box has been made by Monday, the corrugated cardboard. So quite a good indication of, of, of the sort of uh, the global and uh, uh, the new economy that we're dealing with. The only caveat I would say is that uh, you know, with the world economy certainly slowing, there's a likelihood that you know, earnings might come a little bit under pressure. But saying that the sale of the Russian business was good, we, we factor in it's about 27 Rand-ish roughly per share and they have indicated that it's coming back to shareholders so there will be some form of a special dividend payback too so yeah one day I agree with that one as well
0: and Nick, keen to get which counter you're going with today
1: okay so uh, going with one of the stock picks that uh, one of your guests also added that's Mm ABSA we also recently added it to one of our uh, equity portfolios on the on the certainly on the private wealth side we like the story it's uh, one of the big four banks uh, it's trading at a very very historical cheap ratio of about seven times forward earnings, which you don't get as cheap as that They're going to pay a decent dividend around about 16 rand full year dividends going to be paid out to shareholders and so nice last yield on at two Well capitalized as uh, your guest indicated as well uh, And it has lagged the other three big banks. So I think this is a, a good one for us And as I said disclosure we have decided to add that as well to our portfolios.
0: Well, Nick, it's been a pleasure catching up with you this Friday. Thank you so much for your time and insights and enjoy your book weekend. That was your Midday Markets Update with Nick Kinzer. He's from Sandland Private Wealth.